This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. All right. Thank you guys so much for that cross X. Now we're going to transition to our closing remarks. Excellent job, guys. I think the uh, audience is getting a lot, got a lot out of it. And I appreciate you guys' decorum and demeanor when you guys ask each other's questions. That's uh, very much appreciated on this platform. All right. So that said, uh, Samuel and Kyle, you guys are up first for your five minute closing. And let me get your screen up and get this clock arranged for you guys. And oh, thanks so much. One, uh, hold on one second. Let me get this this clock organized for you, uh, Sam. All right, uh, you guys got it for five minutes, and I'll stop the time and you begin to speak. Shall I get a few words in, and then I'll pass the time to Carl uh, to, to close up, uh, if that's okay. All right. Uh, so yes, uh, yeah, just wanted to first of all just thank both Dustin and uh, Will for that really, really, really good uh, cross-examination and debate in, in, in total. It, it's very rare that I, I, I enjoy the cross-examination because typically cross-examinations tend to be very stressful. But this is one that I almost didn't want it to stop. Uh, and I mean that. Uh, the questions being asked were really, really good. And I really wish we can do another debate just to be able to uh, just uh, just have have a discussion with these two fine gentlemen. So thanks very much for that. Uh, now, in, in closing, I just want to go back to, uh, by the way, uh, Marlon, I don't have the clock there. Oh, thank you. Now I do. There you go. Uh, so yeah, in closing, uh, I just want to just go back to our two contentions that we made earlier, recognizing, wanting to be completely fair to our uh, our uh, the other side here. Uh, we, we don't have time in 10 minutes to go over the entire 15 minutes opening statements. We, we didn't get through all of the everything that they said in, in their seven points in the opening statements, but they didn't go through everything that we said either. Uh, so in this closing statement, we're just going to try and wrap up uh, with what we have and just lay, lay back the foundation, what we said, two contentions. Did Jesus, uh, the Bible does not deny that Jesus is Yahweh. Has, has any text been brought forward to demonstrate that the Bible denies Jesus is Yahweh? No explicit texts have been brought up, but there were a number of other passages that were dealt with uh, that, that seemed to imply that Jesus is Yahweh. But I, I hope through the cross-examination, you see why uh, they don't work and that our position is the better one. But really, uh, our, our main contention was the second one, that the Bible teaches that Jesus is Yahweh. And I'll, I'll let Dr. Uh, I'll let Carl actually respond uh, to the first argument. But for the, the, the second and the third arguments, the argument from uh, explicit passages, uh, I don't think there was anything that was brought up. Uh, in that both rebuttal and cross-examination uh, that we hadn't already dealt with uh, to be able to demonstrate that these passages explicitly uh, teach that Jesus is Yahweh. I also want to mention that uh, the other two passages, they didn't quite get uh, that much attention uh, in, 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 in the cross-examination, and that is uh, the, the passages uh, such as uh, 1 Corinthians 10.9, we must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed uh, by serpents. Of course, we, we, we did see uh, Dustin mentioning that Jude 5 uh, is a disputed passage. And I noticed uh, that uh, Kyle asked, uh, that it, it was later changed because the earliest manuscripts uh, actually go with Jesus uh, destroyed, who brought the people out of Egypt, later destroyed those who did not believe. And so we allow what the earliest manuscripts and the most solid manuscripts to speak, they actually teach quite explicitly that Jesus is Yahweh. And I believe that through this, uh, we've demonstrated that Jesus is Yahweh. And those of us uh, who have any doubts will hopefully have that clarified. If not, in the q and I pass the time to Carl to finish up the rest of this closing statement. Yeah, I would simply say, 
Will, Dustin, thank you so much for a, just a really helpful conversation. I, I've enjoyed it. I enjoyed the cross-examination. I enjoyed the opening statement and the rebuttal. I feel like I'm learning a lot through this. I'm not a debater. This is not my thing. And so uh, this has been very helpful uh, for me to better understand your position as well. Uh, as, as Samuel mentioned, I focus primarily on um, that the Bible does not deny that Jesus is Yahweh. And um, I was really impressed. I gotta say, Dustin, I'm really impressed. You said every commentary on John points that out. I, I have not read every commentary on John, but you are quite the scholar, my friend. Just teasing. I thought that that was, that was a, a good point. I, we agree with you. We want people to read the passages in context. Look at John 5, look at John 8, look at John 10. Read in context. And that brings me back to that main idea. We believe that if you look at these texts from a Trinitarian perspective, that you will see nothing in these texts that denies the Trinity. And so I, I know that you would say that if you look at the text from a biblical Unitarian position, the same would be true. And so I wanna just go back to that question once again, which perspective gives the most consistency? Whenever we bring those presuppositions to the text, which is most consistent with all of scripture, where we don't have to jump outside of scripture to philosophy or to historical interpretation or to, you know, other second temple texts, but looking scripture as scripture, which, which is most consistent. And I would point out one final passage and that's the response whenever Caiaphas asks, you know, are you the Messiah to Jesus? He quotes from Daniel seven and then he rips his clothes because the strict monotheists at that time, saw that statement all right kyle that's that's time right there that's time right there thank you so much all right william and dustin you guys are up for your five minute closing and i will start your time as soon as you begin to speak so i want to thank samuel and kyle for their spirited engagement on the topic does the bible teach that jesus is yahweh and after closely listening to their position their interaction with the evidence we provided and the results of cross-examination let me take this opportunity to summarize the results of this debate that demonstrate why our position is more persuasive than theirs. First, we thoroughly demonstrated from the Bible that Yahweh is only one person, the Father alone, illustrated by over 20,000 singular references like I, me, you, he, him, myself, yourself, himself. Now, Samuel and Kyle continued to equivocate on the definition of Yahweh they gave lip service to the 20,000 singular references that prove that God is only one person. And they also said that the Unitarian views are an assumption. Now, 20,000 verses uh, are an assumption. Well, goodness, I don't know what real evidence would be. So when we asked if there was a passage where Yahweh was three or triune, they could not provide one single passage. We suggested there are over 20,000 that indicate that God, Yahweh particularly, is one person. Now, second, we showed from the Bible that Jesus is the given name to the human Messiah, the Son of God. And Yahweh and Yahweh's Messiah are not the same. I tended to notice that Samuel and Kyle consistently collapsed Jesus and Yahweh. Third, we thoroughly proved from Deuteronomy 18, Psalm 2, and Psalm 110 that the promised Messiah was to be a figure who is distinguished from Yahweh. 
And Samuel and Kyle wanted to equivocate on the definition of Yahweh in Deuteronomy 18, saying that Yahweh sent the prophet like Moses, who also is Yahweh. That sounds like two Yahwehs, even though the Shema says that Yahweh is one. Fourth, we discussed the Jewish principle of agency, and we observed its practice in both the Old Testament and in the New Testament, namely that Yahweh sends, empowers, qualifies, and authorizes agents who represent him. And the New Testament makes clear that the human Jesus is Yahweh's supreme agent. Now, Samuel and Kyle struggled to accept that Jesus is God's supreme agent and to read the Bible in light of the context of the Jewish principles of agency. I found myself having to repeat that seemingly self-evident point. Fifth, we demonstrated from the Old Testament and the New Testament that Yahweh and Jesus are differentiated by mutually exclusive traits. Yahweh is eternal, but Jesus was brought into existence. He had a genesis. Yahweh cannot die, but Jesus died. Yahweh cannot be tempted, but Jesus was tempted. And if any of these differentiations are true, then the debate is over. Jesus is not Yahweh. And unfortunately, Samuel and Kyle didn't really have a time to respond to these particular points, but uh, it, I wonder if it's because uh, they're pretty self-evident. We can see in the audience Q&A, we'll see. Sixth, we showed from the Bible that the New Testament authors regularly do not apply the Old Testament citations in a one-to-one -one manner. We cited three very clear passages to demonstrate that point. And Samuel and Kyle didn't actually object to the evidence that we gave, but they still attempted to argue for a one-to-one -one application in some places. You have to make an argument for that, but it's not a given. That's not the go-to answer that you give when it comes to interpreting New Testament citations from the Hebrew Bible. And lastly, we highlighted the historical anachronism of reading 4th and 5th century concepts back into the Old Testament and New Testament, particularly pertaining to the Trinity, Jesus' two natures, and even eternal generation. And Samuel and Kyle continued to read these points back into it, um, and I think that commits historical anachronism, okay? Um, when I see in Genesis 12, 16, that Pharaoh gave to Abraham uh, a bunch of camels, I don't think that that means that Pharaoh gave a box of smokes to Abraham. That would be to read cigarettes back into the Bible in an eisegetical manner. Okay, that would be inappropriate. So, Will and I repeatedly demonstrated that Yahweh and Jesus are two different beings. Samuel and Kyle were, I think, unable to overturn this basic and self-evident fact. And their arguments were riddled with several problems. One, they equivocated on the definition of Yahweh. Two. They admitted that they bring their own presuppositions to the text and read it into them. Three, they committed historical anachronisms, reading Nicene and Chalcedonian theories back into the Hebrew Bible. Fourth, they built arguments on textually uncertain passages, and they suggested that the Father has a God, even though Ephesians 4, 6 says that there is only one God and Father who is over all. The audience is left with a choice. Conclude that Jesus just is Yahweh, whom the Old Testament defines as the Father, or conclude that Jesus is the Son of God, Yahweh's anointed King. Thank you.